This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Non and Ever podcast. I am Jamie Smith, back this week, and joining me are James, Kevin, and briefly Natalie will be joining us from Canada as well. Burnley beaten this weekend, which is why I've come back. I only like to talk about Burnley losing. A 3-2 <laughs> defeat at Swansea City, topsy-turvy game, but Fernando Llorente scored two headers, one in injury time, to ensure Burnley get nothing, which seems to always be the case on the road. James, we'll start with you. Weird game, really. Burnley looked like they were going to get a win at one point, then looked like they were going to get a draw, ended up getting nothing. Yeah, I think, you know, we were pretty fortunate to be in the position we were at half-time and, uh, and obviously to then take the lead. Um, I thought, you know, Swansea were the, the, the better side for the vast majority of the game. Um, and, you know, they had they had other chances that they didn't take advantage of. Um, you know, they hit the woodwork. Um we didn't look particularly at the races. And I think part of it comes down to as soon as you get the, the team news and Tom Heaton's missing, um, at least the fans seem to have jumped straight to the conclusion that was it, we were getting beat. And I don't know whether it, it maybe knocks the players as well a bit. You know, such an important player who's uh, had such a good season so far, he's missing, your captain. Um, maybe it just put you a little bit on the back foot to start the game. Yeah, possibly. I mean... It was probably less of a surprise to the players that I'd heard about Heaton missing training on Sky Sports News, so it was in the public domain that he was maybe going to miss out. Um, Kevin Marks will start with, with Heaton. Uh, Paul Robinson played quite well when he got a game for Heaton earlier in the season, but conceded three today, looks a bit hesitant at times. What did you make of Robinson getting the nod instead of Nick Pope? First of all, can I congratulate James for his cutting-edge analysis of um, Swansea with a, better, with a better team, which is a... Uh, In fact, we got sold off when we didn't say Lincoln was a better team. So <laughs> you need to say that or we get shouted out on email. True, true. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 honestly, answer your question, I, I don't know. Um, I, Robertson had, had a decent couple of games earlier in the season, so... Maybe that's giving him uh, Daesh, giving him confidence to keep him in the team. Um, for me, I, I thought Robinson was was absolutely dreadful. Um, he was 
he's he's he was so slow. His his reflexes and his um, j- just wasn't there at all. Um, he, he was kind of just walking everywhere. I don't think he dived all game. I think he was just the ball got to his left and he just kind of wander over a little bit. I think um, the moment was the the third time I think they hit the wall where they had a little leap over him and he just sort of stood there looking at it going, oh, it's, it's going over the bar. Oh, actually, it might go in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to hit the bar. <laughs> it's like, never like he was going to move at all. Oh. Um, and if you discount the him at Woodward, which doesn't really count, he was, he was, he was still beaten. He was beaten five times in all. Um, not going to say they're all they're all down to him, but it, it, it just wasn't a good performance for, for, for me. He looked like um, a professional who hasn't played a lot of football in the last few years, and he's probably in the coming towards the end of his career. Um, that's what it looked like to me. Um, probably will be one of his one of his last um, professional games, maybe even his last. I don't know what his plans are. Um, but I, I, I don't think he'll, he's ever going to be a first-team regular anywhere, um, anywhere again. And yeah, it, it's strange that Pops play a few games in the cup. Yet Pre- Robinson's playing in the Premier League. For me, um, surely if Pop is being primed to be the next, the next Tom Heaton, um, surely that's the reason he's here. Is um, Sean Dyche and Nick Pope have both talked previously about. Um, Pope said that when he was brought in, he was told about this five-year plan or whatever it was. So it's very clear that there's a progression plan for for Pope going from being what he is now essentially third choice to being what you'd assume is to become first choice at Burnley if everything goes well. So it seems strange to me we've got an opportunity to give him Premier League experience, which should surely be massively valuable to him. Um, and it, it, it's it's not happening. Instead, we've got Paul Robinson coming in, who's had you know a decent game here and there, but it today was just nowhere nowhere near um at the standard where what we expect from a Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah safe option for me, and I say this about Dash a lot, he goes for the cautious option sometimes. But yeah, twelfth in the Premier League against one of the worst teams in the league. Presumably if Heaton was ill rather than injured it's probably only gonna be one game, so I don't know what harm it could have done by playing Pope really. Uh, James, the other two changes uh, Hendrick came back from suspension for, for Westwood. Volks came in for the suspended Barnes. Um, I was a bit surprised by Hendrick. He looks a little bit rusty, and I thought Westwood had done quite well in the the three games he's played. What did you make of the team selection? Yeah, well, first I'd like to congratulate Kevin on his cutting edge analysis that's <laughs> Rouge 37. Playing nicely. Might be coming Come to the on. end of his career. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the the side changes. I think Westwood could maybe feel a bit aggrieved. I thought that maybe um, we might not have seen Volks come back in. We might have played Hendrick sort of off grey and, and played Westwood as well. Because I, I thought Westwood's been been pretty good um, since he's come in. You know, you've asked him to come into a side that he's, he's not too familiar with yet, and I think he's been uh, you know pretty steady, pretty reliable. Um, I think as far as styles go, I think he's been more of a, a Dave Jones style player. Um, he's more about his passing, isn't he, than his sort of energy. But um, I think, yeah, Hendrick's performance was maybe more what we got from him early days when we were all starting to wonder if he, he was worth the money. Um, but hopefully it's just a bit, little bit of rust from, from being on the sidelines for a few weeks. Uh, but I, I thought Volks um, and Gray 
when we did get the ball forward, it looked a lot better than we've seen recently. Uh, you know, it's clear that it's clear that they've had such a good partnership together, and and really, I think that's what we need to try and see the season out with is those two up front. Well, that's what you know. We, we've talked at length quite in, in, in a few uh, podcasts recently about um, Barnes versus Vaux, and I think what we've always said is that. But Vaux offers you that more. He Vaux is involved in many of our many of our goals, um, and it was no surprise. I'm not going to I'm not going to give him any credit all for the first one. Um, that wasn't even that wasn't a goal. I think he deserves but, loads of credit for the first one. <laughs> Winning a penalty but, when you've handled the ball—that's sensational play. Yeah, when you put it like that, sounds um, <laughs> very well. But you know, but the the that, that Gray's Gray's second goal that was classic classic Gray and Vaux. It was the long ball up. Uh, Vox does so well to to flick it to views just right the right place and then um, it comes over Gray's shoulder and he, he hits it in. It was classic. It was classic Vox and classic classic Gray and that's like James said. That's that's what's come from from playing so well together for so long and that partnership which just they, they just complement each other, each other so well. Um, and yes, yeah, so I don't think I don't think it was any surprise at all for me to see um, Vox come in and immediately be um, involved in a goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. Or two. Of I'm pleased that Volk's got the chance actually because he wasn't good um, in the Lincoln game, but most of the players were the same. And I agree. I think the Volk's and Gray partnership, we maybe discarded it a bit too easily this season. Yes, Bond brings something different to the team with his his aggression and the way he gives the team a bit more of a platform and he wins free kicks. <laughs> but I think as as a footballer, Volk's has obviously got a lot more to his to his game and he just seems to fit in better with Gray for me um, speaking of Gray James there's been a bit of criticism of him he's not scored for a couple of games but he looked sharp today obviously having a celebrity girlfriend not affecting him that much I'd seen some tweets saying that um, young Dan Adji I hope I've said that right should be starting instead which I was a bit disappointed not to see him but it was a bit ridiculous to suggest that Gray should have been dropped I don't know what Burnley fans' problem with Andre Gray is. It's weird, uh, isn't it? No, I agree completely. It's bizarre. It, I've never it seems seen. Like if he doesn't score a hat trick every week, people slagging him off. It's weird. Yeah, I don't think we ever saw this with you know like Charlie Austin or or Joe Rodriguez or I think we we saw a little bit of it maybe with Danny Ings when people said he he wasn't after, trying. Yeah, after he decided he was going to see out his contract, there was definitely a bit of it. Yeah, but before that, you know, we didn't get any of it then and. It is so strange because, you know, you look at the goals he scored this season, fair enough, he's maybe not scored as many as you'd have hoped before the season, but obviously he did get banned for, for a good while and it took him a little little bit of time to get back into the side after that. But, you know, if you look at the, the goals he scored over Christmas, we, we'd be right down in the relegation battle now if it wasn't for the four goals he scored over that, that period at home. Um you know, I think he's our most dangerous player. When he's on the pitch, you, you fancy us to, to nick a goal. Um, you know, even if we're not playing that well, which I think was evident today when he gets the second, you know, he, he takes a chance and the ball comes to his feet, yeah. he, he turns and shoots way, straight really, away. It? It's half chance. Um, and I think that's what you, you get from Gray. I think he's, you know, maybe he does sometimes appear like he's not doing a lot, but he needs service. He's a player who's not going to, he's not going to create his own chances. Um, he does need service. And that's something that we've we've not given him an, an awful lot of. But the real the real good thing for a, a team like us, where we maybe don't get too many chances, is that Gray doesn't get his head down when he misses one. Because um, we did used to see that with Danny Ings, maybe a little he'd miss a chance and then 
He's he, he looked really like frustrated, was, didn't he? Yeah, yeah it, it looked like he was bothering him, whereas Gray, he misses a chance and he, it's sort of, it's gone straight away. Next time he gets the ball, he's he's put it behind him and he's he's looking to take the next chance. Yeah, I I completely agree about Gray. It's um, I some of the criticism in here is just completely bizarre, um, and I think you know he's not been as impactful in the last um, couple of couple of weeks, months than he might have been um, around the Christmas period. But I think you can look at that, and you look at the way we play, and that style of play is, it, it, it doesn't suit Gray by himself. That's why when we played him up front by himself that one game, it just didn't work at all. Um, you know, when we're just whacking balls up, he's, he's not going to, he's not got the, the, the physicality to come up and win the ball uh, in the air like Vokes might. Um, and he's not got that first touch even really to, if he's coming along, the, coming long and he can control with his, yeah. with, with his feet, he's not got that first touch. His so touch was good today though, I thought. There was a few yeah. times when we got the ball into his feet and he managed to hold off the defender. He seems to have improved that part of his game. Sure, but I think Andre, the way we play, Andre Gray really needs whoever he's playing with to be on top of their game. Um, he needs that service and that partnership. And I think um, Barnes, for the last few games, the last couple of weeks, has been just not very good. Uh, and before that, Vokes had a bit of... Um, had a has spell and he, he wasn't playing that well either. So it's been quite unfortunate, really, Gray, I think, this season. But he needs that... He needs his partner to be on top of the form, and those whoever he's been playing with throughout the whole season, really, he's never never really had that consistent run of form. So I feel sorry for him, really. But I think he gets a bit of a hard hard time because he gets he gets the criticism for doing nothing. But I, I don't think it's entirely on him. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the way we the system we play and the, the person he's playing alongside. Yeah, it's definitely the case. I mean, at our level, you're not going to get a striker who can really create a lot of chances for himself. And Gray, his his attributes are so sort of one-dimensional in a way in that he's, he's very much about his pace and power and strength. He doesn't have an awful lot of technical ability. So unless you're going to be able to get balls in behind in the channels so he can use that pace, he's just not going to look very good. But I think the second goal today showed that if you get the ball to him in a good area, he can, he can still hurt teams. And I thought... He was really sharp all game saying, like any striker, as soon as he put the penalty away, it just gives him a bit of an edge and he's a bit quicker, he's just a bit sharper all round, his anticipation's a bit better, so hopefully, he seems quite streaky, Andre Gray, he gets his goals in bundles, so hopefully we'll see a few more from him soon. And just, just yeah, just on that call, I'm going to steal James's thunder. I think it was Jameson and Ando never, no, they never charted, but that that was the perfect um, kind of ball in for for Gray as well. And again, it comes from the fact that he was that Volks flick on, but he does so well on that ball, just dropping just over his shoulder, uh, which is not something we've seen much of at all in the last few weeks. And when it, when it does come up today, he he puts it away. So that's a good. And also, just finally on him, uh, I've seen so many people. Like you you touched him a minute ago. There's so many people talk about, oh, you know, he's, he's too busy with his uh, with his little mixed girlfriend, <laughs> as if as if that makes it basically the only reason people are saying that is because they know who his girlfriend is all yeah. these other players have got girlfriends and wives it makes no difference it's just that theirs aren't in number one pop bands or whatever get, picking up and sitting there at Brit Awards it makes no difference they still take up I'm sure they still take up the exact amount of time they still get the same get up to the same things um, it's just that you know who wish we, what this one's called and what they look like it's, it's a bizarre thing to talk about really yeah it seems a bit unfair to me I like I like the fact that we've got a player who's going out with like one of the biggest pop stars in the country 
It's big time. We're big time. We're watching... so, yeah, we've made it. We've made it. <laughs> we were watching the Brits and we saw the side of his head. It's like, that's, that's Andre's ear. That's the side of Andre Aguirre's head. We had to rewind it and watch it, watch it again to see his ear again. <laughs> Spectacular. Yeah, gone a long way from when you might see a player in Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd never see Andre Gray and Liam Pinnock in Tesco, would you? <laughs> I just think they're far too good for Tesco. Maybe Oddies. <laughs> <laughs> Gray only are. Um, moving on from going forward, I think Burnley were were fine when we actually got the ball down and played it. But defensively today, James, a lot of problems. Two goals from from crosses for Lorente. He's very good in the air, but the sheer number of crosses that Swansea were allowed to get into the box was surely a big danger sign when Lorente is so powerful in the air. Yeah, uh, the, the marking for for both headed goals is pretty pretty slack, I think, isn't it? You know, you look at the first one; you shouldn't really be conceding when balls are coming in from so deep. Um, you know, and I think the problem is that he, he's between two men. Um, Lawton is is tracking back and, and trying to come across and mark him because I think really he should be Michael Keane's man, who just seems completely oblivious to the fact he's there. And as a result, he gets a completely unchallenged header. Um, you know, and, and the winner, Ben Ben Mee's maybe pushed, but to be honest, he, he maybe needs to stand up a bit stronger there and, and, and win the header. Uh, you know, he's goal side of him. He shouldn't really be, be losing that aerial battle. Um, I, I just thought it was one of those ones where it was, it was very Burnley, I think. You know, we, we talked about earlier in this season where a lot of the goals we seem to concede... You know, we, we've shown how good we are defensively 95% of the time. And then every now and then we'll throw it, throw one in, particularly from crosses where all of a sudden our two centre-halves, you know, we win everything in the air, um, just can't challenge for it. And, uh, you know, but we were lucky that they didn't score more from the air as well because we just really worked on our, on our game in the uh, in our own penalty area today. Yeah, I think it's it's... Maybe you concentrate on shutting down central areas and stopping three balls and and then the crosses. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it's obviously a problem. We conceded twice from crosses at Watford. Like you say, we could have conceded half a dozen from crosses today. It was really, really poor. And you can't ju- you can't just say they've got someone who's really good at headers because we're in the Premier League. Teams are going to yeah, have uh, good strikers. And, and the one for the winner, uh, I mean, you know, the, I can't remember who he puts the ball in, but he's just given too much space. He's afforded far too much time, far too much space. Yeah, teams and, at this level will kill you if you if you give them that that much space to pull across. You, you, you shouldn't be able to pick it. You shouldn't be able to pick that cross out. Um, you know, that late in a game, you should be, you know, being pressed immediately, and you should be having to to look for a ball that's less direct the, the fact that he's got the angle to put a ball to the back corner of the six yard box in there is disappointing yeah on the winner Kev a few people suggesting that it was a foul um, on Ben Mee letter of the law I think Lorente's hand is on Ben Mee so maybe but if we score that goal say Sam Boltz gets up and he's got his hand on the defender I don't think we're pointing out going oh that should have been a foul. Plus, isn't it just a bit ridiculous to complain about a decision given the penalty that we got in the first half? Which has got to be one of the daftest decisions of the season. Yes. Um, we, 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 look, I think 
if if that goal is scored, um, that win is scored regardless of the first goal. I, 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 you, it's still very soft, you know. Yeah, okay, it touches him, but it's 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 not one of it. I'm sure if I'm not sure if that happens in the in the uh, on the on the in the middle of the field that anyone's massively bothered by it. Um, it's not like he's properly shoved him down. He's not gone in with any intention of um, kind of knocking back the way. I don't think. I think he's, he, he he just uses him a little bit to to get that lift. Um, I don't think it's maybe above a level low you might you might play, but I don't think it's anything you're going to get too wound up about and say this is a disgrace. And similarly, when when we've had when we've scored, yeah, like you say, it's got to be one of the most gift the, the biggest gifts of a goal uh, what we're given all season. This makes um, Arsenal's handball goal against us look um, legit. I think so. Yeah. My favourite thing about it, by the way, was that Gilfie Sigurdsson is is at the back post beyond where it happened and he's appealing for handball <laughs> and then they give the penalty for handball on, on our play. it's absolutely sensational fantastic yeah and I've, right. just, I've just seen a I've just seen on Twitter like a um, a, a slow-mo video of a really good angle where it's from behind behind Vox and you see him go, and he, Vox turns around and he looks he looks so annoyed at himself for handballing it and then he's <laughs> and then he's, he's blown he gets a penalty it's, it was it, it's weird because there was there was no kind of there was no appeal as far as I could see. I don't think there was any appeals no, um, for well, the handball anyway. And yeah, it was really weird it was just at first bizarre. someone had headed it and then it had been blocked on the line. When when yeah. they seemed to be talking about penalties, we were like, why why hasn't he sent anyone off? If it's handball on the line, he should be sent off. And then you see a couple of replays and it's come off Sam Volts' arm. It's pretty clear. But we we keep saying it, but it's one the referees need more help. Like. Oh yeah, absolutely. We you know we, we talked about it earlier in the season with um, the, the 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 Arsenal results, um, and the fact that we benefited from it doesn't change that at all. Um, you know, in an ideal world, um, it sounds weird. In an ideal world, you don't want us to you don't want to see us as scoring goals like that because when we score goals like that, it means that we're also going to concede goals like that, like we did against Arsenal. So although we'll you know we'll absolutely take it. Um, this is the sort of thing you you, you don't want to see happening. Um, it it's we've talked about it so often um, this season these the incorrect refereeing decisions and it, it is it, you know it's not like you know we're complaining about you know missing referees missing these really marginal decisions or someone's being you know half a shoe offline uh, offline offside or you know they've, someone's touched the someone's dived and they've referees give it a penalty it's not like you know they're, they're the basic human error things but you've got when you've got massive decisions like this which, which are going really really wrong you've you've got to i think you've, you've got to i think something will happen i think it's inevitable that will referees will get health at some point it's just it's just when i think rather than if um so yeah of all you know we, we've we've said so often this season, like I said, we've talked about it often we've always said it seems to even itself out but so far it hasn't been doing so maybe this is today was um, has gone a little bit of way to uh, evening out that um, we've had so many of these decisions against us, mostly against Arsenal. Um, so maybe this can do a little bit to um, to go the other way. Would it be nice if we've been um, we've could taken some points away from it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a last point, really, on on the game itself, James. I feel like a bit of a stuck record because I've always seemed to bring this up, but substitutions from from Sean Dash, two quite defensive subs, really bringing on Westwood, Tarkovsky, obviously trying to see the game out at that point. Um, 
having defended quite well to get a draw at Hull last week, was that the right decision, or could we have maybe been a bit more aggressive and tried to win the game? It seems to me when you play for a draw that more often than not, you get beat. Yeah, I, I never think that playing for the draw is the, the right move, to be honest. And um, <clears throat> But Westwood, you could maybe see is, is the right choice, but talk off, to bring you... We just bring Tarkovsky on too much, don't we? I know why we do it to win to win aerial challenges, um, which obviously didn't work today. Otherwise, they didn't have won from a header. But it's just such a, a negative negative move because it's it's the message you know, it sends for me when Tarkovsky's coming on. The other side must think this is our chance. Then they're just going to sit. Yeah, because you know, I, I mean, he showed some some. Good touches on the ball when he's when he's played in central midfield this season, probably better than anyone expected. But he's by no means gonna, you know, pick out a, a decisive pass and you know unleash Gray for a, a winner. Um, so I think as soon as you bring him on, it sends the message to the opposition that you know you're quite happy with the draw, um, and it encourages them to press on because uh, he will sit deeper than than a normal midfielder would. Um, yeah, and I think ultimately, it, 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 if you play for a draw, you do tend to more often than not, if anything, lose the game because um, you, you just you're not playing your your natural game. You, you're just concentrating on well, let's shut up shop. And I think that is part of the reason why you know that final ball gets in because we we've seen it before with Burnley. You know, end of halves, even you know, end of the first half in several games, we just encourage teams to to bring the pressure. And we don't stop them from just putting ball after ball into the box, and we just try and absorb it. Whereas, you know, the rest of the game, we, we try and go on the break after we've defended. Whereas in these situations, you seem to be happy to, you know, half clear it. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one for me as well because I think it, I'm not a fan of Gray up front on his own anyway, but in the last 10 minutes of a game, Gray is normally quite tired by then, so. As having an outlet, he's just not really gonna going to offer you that. He's not gonna hold the ball up, and he's only gonna have enough in his legs to maybe make a couple more big runs in behind. So it just seems to me that you invite the pressure, and it felt inevitable to me. I wasn't even annoyed really when Swansea scored because balance of play, I think they deserved it, and I think with the farcical penalty we got, I think Swansea probably felt that it was a game that they should have won. So. I couldn't even feel like we'd been hard done by, and that's the worst thing for me when we lose a game. I want to be mad at something, and there wasn't even anything I could be <laughs> really annoyed at this time. <laughs> we'll move on from the game um, shortly, but as promised at the top of the show, I spoke to Natalie earlier, live from Canada, to find out what she made of the game. So this is me and Natalie. Right, Natalie was so desperate to join us that she's joining us from <laughs> Canada. <laughs> I said she could have Hello. another week off, but she was like, no. <laughs> Organised the recording around me, so come on. Um, I know, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> get the indeed in there. Weird game, really. Burnley beaten 3-2, even though it looked like we were going to get the win. It's it's difficult to argue with the result overall. We had so much luck. We oh, no. hard work three times, and the penalty that was obviously never a penalty, but... Sometimes those defeats hurt worse than other defeats. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling pretty pragmatic about the whole thing at the moment. In that we just there was just nothing about that performance that deserved even a point. And I think if we'd have managed to hold on for the two-two, it would have been an absolute daylight robbery of, of Swansea. They were by far the better side. Absolutely battered our wings, battered our goal, and we offered very little to the game. And I think that's probably the most disappointing thing for me. I think on the back of um, some quite poor. Um, away performances anyway things were starting to look up a bit and we were starting to string together some really good performances against some better sides I, it, it's, it's frustrating to me that when we play when we play the big sides away from home the ones that we're not expecting to get anything from we really play to our strengths and we put in a really good performance yet when we go away from home and try and play some of the um, sides around us who we you know have a, a genuine chance of, of taking some points from we play to their strengths and we just give them so much space today the amount of pace that they had on their wings and we just let them put cross after cross after cross into our box and I think that's probably the most disappointing thing for me yeah it, it seemed like we'd we'd address the the crosses issue during the second half but then yeah towards the end of the game I think uh, the substitutions that we made invited a bit more pressure maybe um, and by the end, we were just sitting in and trying to defend the point, I suppose. Yeah, you can't do it. We did something similar last week and it worked, so it's it's difficult to argue that it's not the right plan, but at the end of the day, yeah. Swansea are one of the worst teams in the league. We shouldn't really be just trying to hang on against them, should we? We shouldn't be playing for a draw against sides like Swansea. No. I mean, they have had the renewed um, performances, haven't they, under Clement? But, and we all thought they were going to go yeah, straight back down. They, they're now five three points wins clear. In a row at home now, exactly. Yeah. You know, they were four points away from safety and now they're, they're five points clear of the relegation zone. So it just goes to show how volatile this league can be. And I hate to be defeatist about this and I hate to be worried, but ultimately we've got a nine-point gap. We've got two more away performances before we get back to Turf Moor. Swans is just a perfect example of how quickly things can turn around if you're not very, very careful. So, you know, I mean, it's it's still, it's one of those. We've still done enough this season to get that nine-point gap. Um, I just feel like we just need to be very, very careful here and just um, it, let's not rest on our laurels and let's not just already think that the job's done and we're safe and we can start contingency planning for next season. We, we can't. We've got to be really careful, I think. Yeah, I mean... The weird thing, I think there was quite an overreaction that I'm sure we'll do on, on the rest of the podcast, but conceding the, the late equal, the late winner it hasn't actually affected our league position. At no, all. it hasn't. We're no, it hasn't. It would have been bonus have been points. If, yeah, yeah it would have been a good point and yeah. it would have had us a bit further clear of the drop zone. But Okay, teams like teams like Palace and Swansea getting results, but teams in the bottom three, they're, they're not. They're still so losing. They're still struggling. Borough down there now, they're still struggling. So there's not really anything to panic about, is there? No, I, th- I think the, for me, the overriding summary is that we we have done enough um, probably to survive and we should be very, very pleased with where we have been this season and what we've achieved. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be challenging these away performances and yeah, raising questions because it's not going to be that easy next season. And I think if we can now genuinely start planning for next season, our away form is the one thing that we need to plan. Yeah, looking ahead to, to next week then, away again. Um, away to Liverpool. I suppose in some ways this is a bit of a freebie, but we beat them at home. They seem to be very strong against the top sides and struggle against teams that are sort of mid-table towards the bottom. So, Yeah. It's a funny one, this one. It is a funny one, and and Liverpool have been incredibly... 
well, they've been lacking in any consistency, haven't they, this season? So it wouldn't surprise me if Burnley go ahead and do end up beating Liverpool It'd be very Burnley, away from home it? or get it out. It would be so Burnley. It really we'll, would. We'll either win at Watford or Hull or Swansea. One of those will definitely win. One of them will definitely win. It will. <laughs> go for Liverpool when he's dead. Um, I think that we're going to do a very, very Burnley thing to do and I think we're going to nick a 2-1 win. So that was Natalie from Canada. Apologies, it was a bit rushed in the end. She had to get a bus down off the mountain. You won't want to miss your bus from the mountain. <laughs> so in Natalie's absence, James has been put in charge of Tweet of the Week. I'm sure he spent a lot of time trying to find a good one. So over to James for Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Indeed. Um, so this week's hey. clearly, it, it, it was slim pickings really because um, a lot of them are quite the usual fare after we've lost away. Uh, some people should probably just schedule the same tweet for, for every away game. But um, So I've picked one from someone called Lakey uh, at the underscore Mormo. Uh, he put, cue the usual panic from Clarets fans after yet another defeat away, going down, blah, blah, hashtag Twitter Clarets. Um, I just thought it was quite fitting because that does seem to be the reaction um, every time you know we're 12th in the league but seemingly we we have a bad game away from home and everyone's suddenly like oh got to look over our shoulder again um, it's a bit of a, a strange strange way to be thinking you know we spent all this time waiting to, to get into a position where we could stay up and now all we can do is like almost wish we were back in the relegation battle yeah it's it... I think it's partly that Burnley fans just like being miserable. <laughs> so, since you lose again, like, yes, I can really moan about this. Get in. No more home wins. Um, similar on Twitter, we've been asking for three-word match reports, so I'll go through a few of those. Quickly, didn't stop crosses. Um, Adam, our editor, said, give me beer. I wish I had beer. Um, Ian, who's going to be on the podcast soon as one of our Kickstart guests, said, glad I'm home. <laughs> Hope you had a safe trip. I hate football, pass the wine, same old story, not getting relegated. Um, Kevin, on the subject of overreaction, there was some absolutely ridiculous stuff on, on social media today. I don't even want to like pick out what it was. I'm sure people have seen um, similar stuff, but it, it does seem that like one, one loss can just tip people over the edge. And as we've pointed out, the goal cost us nothing, really. We're the same distance clear. The, the bottom three aren't we clear of Borough and we're 12th in the league so it just seems a bit daft yeah um, I think it probably goes the other way as well I think when we've had some some good results I think people have maybe been too quick to shout oh you know we including you actually Jamie been too quick to shout you know oh we, we you know we're safe um we're I, I don't safe. think we're comp- I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say we're completely safe yet um we've we've still no negative <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it probably does go go both ways. And I think particularly when you, you've watched that um, quote performance today, um, it's it, it's it, it's it's easy to see where where you can watch that and then um, come out with some really negative stuff afterwards. It's, it's it's hard to watch a performance like that and then see um, how we're gonna. Put in performances to 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 win games and stay up. Obviously, um, 
when we thought a bit better time to calm down and look at the bigger yeah, picture, we'll see. But that is people venting, aren't they? Really, it's that's it. Yeah, better that you post a couple of angry, bad tweets than go home and kick the cat or whatever. <laughs> good, good advice. Um, <laughs> Don't kick your cat. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's when you when you watch a performance like that, which um, which was which was very bad. It's it's hard. It's hard to remember that we are a very different team at home and that we will we will get those hopefully anyway continue to get those points at home so you can kind of kind of understand it and, and I guess that's football isn't it we all get um really carried away when we win a few games and we all get completely carried away in the op- opposite direction when we don't win a few games um that said yeah some of the, some of the reactions are, are, are always ridiculous I think it goes back to the, to the Andrea Gray thing as well is that he's had a few um uh, a, a couple of months of not having a big impact and people are saying he's disinterested and he's rubbish and he's not good enough and we need to sell him. It goes back to that. It's, it's, I think it's taps into those similar, that similar mindset that we're so eager to, we're so, it's so easy to focus on what's happening right now that we, we lose sight of that, that bigger picture, um, pick, that bigger picture sometimes. Yeah, today's performance was bad. Our away form has, all season has been terrible. So I guess it's not so much of a, a surprise um, that we were that we, we were poor to do we've lost the game I suppose it's also probably maybe perhaps disappointing after um, we've had an improvement in the last few weeks away from home we finally finally picked up our second away point of the season um, at Hull and we, we were starting to think you know is, is this the turning point um, and so I guess you, you probably for the first time in quite a while we went into this, this game perhaps with a bit of expectation um, you know can we can we get another point? Can we um, build on what we've got at Hull? And, and is this the turning point where we can start picking up points and maybe even wins away from home? Um, particularly when we get that, when we actually go ahead as well. You know, the performance wasn't wasn't great, but when you go ahead, you start to think, "Oh my gosh, is, is this going to happen? Are we actually going to break this this terrible run?" So when we don't, and particularly coming right at the end as well, it just makes it probably even more disappointing than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, it's just, it's just hard to keep perspective sometimes, I suppose, isn't it? I mean. If you'd offered people twelfth in the league with eleven games to go, they'd probably rip your arm off. But you twelfth in the league with eleven games to go, and people think you should be pushing on. And I've been guilty of saying the same. Top half should be the target for me. I think that's possible if we start getting results away from home. I think you always want to shoot high, and then hopefully you'll be able to achieve something. But it's it's pretty obvious to me that we're just going to try and grind out points away from home, which I'm not sure is the the right approach, really. Um, James, next weekend then Liverpool away the fixture swap as a result of Anfield not being finished earlier in the season. Um, talked to Natalie about this briefly earlier. It seems like a bit of a free hit, but with all these away games, Burnley just need to keep up some momentum. Liverpool seems to be poor against the lesser sides in the league, shall we say, and seem to excel against the good teams. So could be an opportunity for Burnley. Yeah, I, I think we're going to crush them. <laughs> Right. No reaction. No reaction. No. I thought not Morris. <laughs> no, it is, it's going to be obviously it's going to be a tough game. But um, you know we shown what we could do against Murray in the season at, at home, and we seem to have this knack of uh, playing better against the big sides. You know, you look at some of the games we've we've played away this season that you know we thought were going to be our opportunity to get our first win, uh, particularly West Ham. Uh, you know, we went there and we thought there were early struggles at the. Uh, the Olympic Stadium, like this is the one, this is where we're going to get the first win. Um, and we weren't very good. And then we went to Whitehall Lane on the Sunday in a, a game that really we should have probably 
expected to to get de- uh, beaten quite comfortably, and we played really well. And if we'd played that way against West Ham, we probably would have won. Um, so I think it is the Burnley way to sort of step up our away performances a bit against bigger sides, even though obviously the chances of winning are far slimmer. But hopefully this time we can uh, maybe catch Liverpool on an off day or even just you know do enough to, to earn the win off our own backs. Would you, James, can I just say, when you say catch Liverpool on an off day, do you mean catch Liverpool on a Liverpool day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. I don't think I don't think it's anything to do with us. I think we, we can do whatever. It's, it's more. It's more. It's more. I, I'd say I wouldn't say it's more like Burnley to go and win at Liverpool. It's more like Liverpool to to lose against Burnley. Well, you can guarantee that if we do win at Anfield next weekend, that's how it'll be told in the newspapers and on Match of the Day. It'll be Liverpool lost rather than Burnley won. Just a reminder that um, I did tell everybody that. Um, the Liverpool games on my birthday and asked for cards and presents. Is it on your birthday? Not received anything yet. So the podcast well, email still still, is still open. <laughs> podcast at knowingandever.net. So just a, just a, just a reminder for those people who put it in there, who, who saw, you know, they said they want to get me something, but they've just not got around to doing it yet. You've still, still got a week, week so to do it. Week. Um, in terms of team selection, Kevin, hopefully there'll be a couple more options. Hopefully heating will be available, but, um, Stephen Defoe could be back, Gosh, be back in so. training. <laughs> Good months and maybe not, but Barnes will be available as well. So, a couple of choices available to Dash. Um, we need to touch, as we seem to talk every week, about Joey Barton as well. Could have been his last game today, his hearings this week, so we expect to hear about a punishment. But do you think Dash is going to stick with the 4 4 2 for starters rather than go back to the one up front? Yeah. And on team selection. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. When you're be... interviewing, never do a yes no question because that's what happens. Top tip. <laughs> it'll be it'll be exactly um exactly the same. Um hopefully Tom Heaton will come in. Um perhaps Westwood comes in for Barton, depending on what happens. Other than that, uh, there'll be no changes at all. Be nice to see um DeFore um we've get some before, fitness. We? We've missed but, his, oh absolutely we've missed his yeah, we've missed his, um, for want of a better word, his kind of his coolness. I think he, he's he, he's that got that um, a bit, probably a bit more composure. Uh, yeah. than, I mean, Barton's, than... Barton's done a good job, but I think yeah. Defoe's got something a bit extra. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so hopefully he can shake off whatever's been keeping him out and, and get him back in. He's been out for quite a while, um, so I'd expect to see him playing a few development games rather than uh, so before he comes into the to the first team. Uh, but hopefully he can come back and get some development games uh, and get into the first team with enough time to have a, a big impact on the rest of the season because we've missed him as a as a team. I think the team has suffered uh, from him a little bit, but also we've missed him as fans. It's, it's so it's is is really fantastic player to watch. We really enjoy watching him. So regardless of what his the impact on performances and results, just just as a fan who likes watching good football and watching good players, it's we've we've missed him on from that respect as well. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a good lift to everyone when when Defoe comes back. It'll be like a new signing. Anyone? And Jamie's been sacked from the None of a podcast. I almost got to the end of the podcast. <sighs> Natalie's hosting next week, everyone. <laughs> Look forward to that. Um, I suppose we should wrap up them predictions, Lee, Kevin. I know um, due to lack of communication, everyone seemed to predict 1-1, which was coming in for a little while. It was, yes. Um <laughs> We all we all went for one one this week, um, and we were all wrong. <laughs> How many weeks uh, we, in a row is that you've been wrong now? You get a bit worried. I've now had uh, one, two, 
I've had five weeks of no points. Five this weeks is, of uh, wrongness. Oh dear. <laughs> but it's not just me. This, is, this, this makes it now um, one result in 20 predictions. The last 20 predictions. Football experts on the non ever podcast. We've got, we've got one right in 20, which is... Um, <laughs> impressive work. I think... I, I think I was gonna say, but I think that is actually genuinely impressively bad. Mm. It's uh, surely on the low of average, you get at least two. <laughs> That's like, particularly so, with how, with particularly considering how predict, how predictable our form is. But we win yes. our home games and lose our away yes. games. <laughs> we still we still right. So no, no <laughs> one predicted the defeat at Swansea. Um, no. Um, we've had lots of um, yeah, we've had it was draws and uh, and a one nil win uh, from from James. So um, as it was then, as as has now becoming my catch. I finally I've got my own catchphrase in the, uh, my new catchphrase is the table is as it was. <laughs> That's a terrible catchphrase. You need a much better catchphrase than that. I want a new catchphrase. I want my catchphrase to be, and I've extended my lead even further. But uh, it's just no, I don't think it's, much of that. It's just not happening. <laughs> Let's do predictions for this week then. I've already had Natalie's. Um, can't remember what she said. So. It's wrong, though. She's she's still the only one of us who hasn't got a correct score. No spoilers, um, so um, whatever it is, is it's wrong. Yeah, I might have to uh, try and listen back to it quickly before deciding what I'm going to say. James, we'll start with you. Then give us a prediction for Liverpool v Burnley next weekend. Sunday afternoon, isn't it? Super Sunday. Super duper Sunday. Burnley Anfield. Yeah, first I'm going to do a very important prediction that is Michael Carty will come back from injury next week and he'll score again for Burton <laughs> on the back of his uh, goal of the month award for February well he, he got a goal of the month award for February so it's, it's worth a mention worth a quick mention um, and Anfield next week I think we're going to win 2-1 oh bold start Kevin I'm going to play I'm going to look at our um, I've realised that our I, I, we can bring back reverse psychology. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to pretend to be Brommers because... Um... <laughs> you can't sack me or he's thine. <laughs> can't work <laughs> under these conditions. Um, obviously, whatever we say, whatever we predict, although this is funny spanning the words because James has predicted a win, the snake. God's but um, I was going to say, whatever we predict, the opposite happens. Um so I was going to, but James is from a spelling bit worse now. But anyway, we're going to get beat. We're going to get beat. Um, we're going to get beat two. We've scored in the last few away games. So we're going to get beat two one. I'm going to be. I'm going to be positive. We did lose a few in a row two one, but the last couple haven't been two one. So it's not that um, bold a call. Um, I'm going to go straight down the middle then. I'm going to go for the draw, and then at least someone's going to get some points, right? We can't all be wrong. So I'm going to go for a one all draw. We're going to get a result at Anfield. Um, and that's it for this week's podcast thanks to, to Kevin and James who've joined me thanks to Natalie who also tuned in um, from Canada to do her a little bit earlier um, you can always get in touch with us on the podcast email address for birthday cards etc for Kevin plus you know feedback, comments, questions about the podcast, they're all good too email address is podcast at net. thanks to Gina who emailed in again fast becoming a weekly highlight emails from Gina um, artwork as always is from Rick thanks to Rick for his artwork Adam is editing this week I believe, please keep sending us as well pictures of your stickers your Kickstarter rewards, I love seeing them particularly ones that have made it halfway across the world even though Adam hasn't received his in Kent yet <laughs> but that's it for this week's podcast back next week for 
assessment of the Liverpool game. I've been Jamie Smith, and this has been the Northern Ever podcast. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. By the time, by the time his appeal gets heard, his hair would have grown back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why he didn't play very well today. Shorn of his hair like Samson, and all his powers, and he's. Uh... Well, you, you say that, but um, I kept saying with Hendrik as well, he, he had shorter yeah, hair, but there was a definite... I remember but then George Boyd's got long hair and he's still crap. Yeah, well, it, was a very, it was a very plain hairdo that Joey Barton's going for as well, wasn't it? Compared it was, to his uh, recent... He looks more like he does on FIFA now, which is quite Maybe good. That's why he's done consistency. it. <laughs> I say it because it annoys, it annoys me when I'm playing FIFA and it doesn't look like Joey Barton, whereas now I can actually... I might start, that's, my excuse, that's why I don't win games, you see. The reason I don't win on FIFA is because every time I see Joey Barton, I get distracted thinking, that's not Joey Barton, who is that? Um, well, um, talking about FIFA, when I, was in, uh, when I was in America, me and Kieran were talking about this, Matt Lawton on it just looks like generic FIFA face number one, doesn't he? <laughs> He, he, That's he, his face, though. He's just got yeah, a generic just, FIFA just, face. He's just generic FIFA face. That is what Matt Wharton is. <laughs>Should we, should we even have daylight savings time anymore? That's an important question. Just for farmers, isn't it? Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, which is always stupid because farmers, like, they can get whatever they want. It's not like the sheep are waiting for them, is it? Oh, can't, give birth to this lamb till, can't give birth to this lamb till 9am. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, um, he's not on shift. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.